As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello now. Smith comes out of the tomahawk. 0-2 on the way. Chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. Fifty-one thousand plus on their feet. Nobody's left to beat the traffic tonight. I guarantee you. Mark gets the sign. The wind and the pitch. Here it is. Swung. Fly ball deep left center. Grissom on the run. Yes. 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 Twenty-five lighters on my dresser, yes, sir. You know I got to get paid. High five ball, back to right center, and the Braves have landed. Twenty-five lighters on my dresser, yes, sir. You know I got to get paid. Swing and drive, back to right, looking to the sun. Twenty-five lighters for my twenty-five folks. Now get ready. This is the Platinum Sombrero Podcast with your hosts, Dylan Short and Adam Doc Herbert. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Platinum Sombrero Podcast. This is episode 167. It's going to be just Doc this week. Dylan will be checking in in a couple of days. And I got to say, I think this episode will always be easy to remember. I will always remember that episode 167 was the one that got recorded right after the Braves won the World Series. Just unbelievable feeling. We're going to get into all of that. I'm rounding. I'm going to get into all of that because Dylan's not here. This week's episode of Platinum Sabrero is brought to you by Symbol, which is a new sponsor of ours, uh, as well as our friends from Sports Drink. Symbol is kind of like the stock market for sports. It allows you to profit off of your sports knowledge. You can buy teams just like stocks, and then when your teams win, you can earn cash. There's almost 10,000 early adopters on this. Go to www.symbol.com. Get it because it's like Symbol. And it's also like a bull, S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. Create a free account. When you make a deposit, uh, you can use the promo code SD and make your deposit risk-free. When you go to Symbol and you use that code, that means if you lose money, then Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol now and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Uh, We are also brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Dylan usually does these for us. It's like a a fun little audio-only chat room. They've expanded. It's not just for Apple devices anymore, no matter who you are. Uh, even if you got one of those jitterbug phones or whatever, uh, you can still get onto the Spotify green room, uh, set up a profile, link your Twitter, and then you can join the group uh, whenever Dylan goes live. Generally speaking, it's on Thursday nights, but that's also regularly regularly during the season. I don't know what he's going to do now that it's the offseason and, oh yeah, the Braves are world champions. Uh, so go to Spotify green room, set up your account, and you too uh, can join us when we go live for Spotify green room. I'm really struggling to put together the words, which seems strange since this is a podcast. 
I'm struggling to put together the words for what it really means. The fact that the Braves won the World Series. This is uh, this means a lot. This has been a long time coming. Over a quarter century. The last time this happened, I was 13 years old. I am now 39. And the way that fandom works in the year 2021 is so different than it was in 1995. Uh, having the opportunity to share this with so many people that I was not actually with in the room physically, uh, but being able to, to share it with everyone was so much easier this time. And it's just a completely different set of memories. It seems so much sweeter now. You know, when, when I was 13 and you were your current age minus 26, the way that we ingested baseball information, the way that we processed it and and turned it into outputs was so completely different. You know, you would watch SportsCenter or This Week in Baseball or whatever the case was, and now you have a million different content creators, and a lot of them tend to be pretty good at what they do. And there's just so many different ways that you can take in information, and we retain so much more, and it seems like it means more. So... 13-year-old me with very little context versus 39-year-old me with just insane amounts of context for why this victory is so important, what it means to the team, what it means to the city of Atlanta. It's it's just seems so paramount. And coming off of last year and coming out of the rebuild even, the, the last five years, six years for this team have been such a roller coaster. And seeing Freddie Freeman, who survived it all, catch the final out, squeeze his glove around it, and throw his arms up in joy and give that trademark smile. I'm just as happy as I could possibly be about this entire thing. You know, one of my favorite baseball players of all time got to be the face of the franchise, and he got the World Series championship that he deserved. But he was one of 26 guys that are on that field, and there's a whole lot of other people that were absolutely crucial towards making this happen. So let's dive right in. We as a scarred fan base, I think as soon as we saw Charlie Morton break his leg in game one, I think we were probably all saying, here we go again. And I don't want to say rightfully so, because I, I think that when you start looking into curses and jinxes, it's, it's really easy to talk yourself into things being more severe than they actually are. But in that regard, I certainly understand why people would think so. But I actually kind of took it in a different way. Um, I don't think that there was another team that could have stood up to the Charlie Morton injury the way that the Braves did. And it almost seemed to make me believe in them more for the fact, number one, the Braves did take game one. And they only got two innings or so out of Charlie, but they were able to eke out the win, so they knew they were only going to lose him for the one start. But when you look back at everything that's happened this year, losing Jorge Soler in the, for the NLCS, uh losing Waskar Anoa during the NLCS and also losing him during the season, Travis Darno, Marcelo Zuna, the obvious ones of Ronald Acuna and Mike Soroka. This team was so hard around the edges and you stand them up against a level of adversity. You know, it's just another injury. We made it this far being just taped together and we still think we are better than everybody. So they took game one and... Even when they lost game two, when they were coming back to Atlanta, you knew that there was going to be a lot of momentum there. Props to Braves fans this postseason. You showed up. You were so loud. You were so incredibly loud and intimidating. 
this city gets such a bad reputation for not showing up in crucial moments. And we really did it this time, you guys. We we showed up and we made noise. We rattled really good teams and unflappable players. We really got inside their heads. So when we were coming back to Atlanta for Game Three, there was a realistic chance that we could sweep here and and take the title. And some of the fireworks that happened, Ian Anderson throwing five no-hit innings and the back-to-back home runs from Swanson and Solaire, you could just tell from the broadcast. I didn't have an opportunity to go to any of the World Series games, but you could just tell from the broadcast that it was deafening, not just in the stadium, but also in the battery. And you would have liked to have taken Game 5, and it looked like it was going to track that way when, when Duvall hit the Grand Slam, but it had to be Max. It had to be Max making the start. Look, I love Tucker Davidson. He's got a bright future ahead of him. Really big fan of Dylan Lee as well, and I feel like that he got kind of bailed out by Kyle Wright uh, during Game 4. But it was always going to be Max. It, he needed the redemption. The start against against the Dodgers that he had, that one he was tipping. That was just a bad start. The start against the Astros, maybe he was tipping a little bit, but more so than anything, he was just the victim of some really bad luck four consecutive singles that were under 95 miles per hour, the odds of which you know had a 1.6% chance of all four of those, uh, those balls finding a hole. He was able to clean it up for innings three through five so I was in game two, so I was really, really confident in his ability to go out and deal in game six. And I honestly was not prepared for what I saw him do. When you saw the infield hit to Altuve, and then the play where Brantley stepped on his ankle and didn't actually touch the bag, that real Alec Bohm vibes there, it kind of looked like it was going to be NLDS Game 5 against the Cardinals, NLCS Game 3 against the Dodgers, where it was just repeated bad luck after bad luck after bad luck, where it's, you know, nothing is hard hit, nothing is leaving the infield, but the next thing you know, they're going to get one good hit, and it's going to be 3 to nothing, 4 to nothing, and we're going to be in a hole. And that comes back to the, the the Atlanta sports curse. You know, even even when you're in the driver's seat, you still feel like you're not. But as soon as Max went back, he threw a couple pitches, and he looked like he was good as new. Struck out Correa, and then struck out Gurriel on a fastball that was 98.4. I did a massive about face and said, not only is this not Game 5 of the NLDS, not only is this not Game 3 of the NLCS, I think they just made him mad. So it was just another bullet for, for the gun, and Max was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He got his redemption. He stood up to one of the biggest, baddest offenses in the game and proved once again why he is now one of the best pitchers in the National League, if not baseball. Humongous moment. I'm calling it the Max Freed game. I loved it. But if Game 6 was the Max Freed game, then all things considered, this was the Jorge Soler series. Like It's been very, very well documented, the job that Alex Anthopoulos did at the trade deadline. And truthfully, you, you can't say enough about it, because when you look at the NLDS, the Braves do not advance without Jock Peterson, who is not on the team before July 15th. You look at the NLCS, Eddie Rosario turned into Ty Cobb, and there is absolutely no way that the Braves advance to the World Series without what Eddie did, and he he was traded for in July, but he didn't show up until September. So, unbelievable move there, and he got basically traded for a giant panda head, and they paid us to take him. And then you get Jorge Soler, 
who the three home runs that he hit were the very first swing of the World Series, the go-ahead home run in Game 4, and then an absolute tank job that he hit completely out of Minute Maid Park. He hit it out of the stadium. A couple weeks ago, I referenced that Pujols home run that he hit off Brad Lidge, also in Houston, and that was that's like my high watermark for just one of the longest home runs I've ever seen. Distance-wise, I know there have been longer ones, but just for the sheer magnitude and the majesty of it, that Pujols home run has always been it for me, up until the World Series. And if he'd hit a home run right there, and the Braves had gone up 3 to nothing, okay, fine. But it was the absolute disrespect that Soler showed for that ball, and it only... W- only, went 446 feet, okay? But that completely vaporized any level of momentum that Astros fans had. You could see, when they were doing crowd shots and they're just showing faces everywhere, those people looked sad instantly because they realized not only, not only are we down 3-2 to two in the series, we're down 3 to nothing now, and we got to go back to our bullpen again because that was the last pitch that Garcia threw. And Garcia is fine, and and Houston's pitching was actually much better this series than I than I gave it credit for. Much better than I thought it was going to be without Lance McCullers. But when you're looking around in the stadium and somebody just hit one, he only all he had to do was swing it at once, and he just was able to completely suck every single piece of wind out of that stadium. That was when I really, really started to believe this isn't just. This isn't just another team. This isn't just another game. And then Dansby hit the home run to, to go up 5 nothing, and, and that's when that's when we started kind of metaphorically popping the, the champagne there. But Jorge Soler won the MVP, rightfully so. Just absolutely crucial. I don't know what's going to happen with him next year. I'm fully thinking, like most people, that the designated hitter is going to wind up in the National League in uh, 2022 and for somebody like Solaire he can play the field but also he is a natural DH and if he's somebody that doesn't have to worry about playing in the field it could be similar to Ozuna if the Braves are able to bring back Solaire or even if they're not if he can be a full-time DH somewhere he could hit 50 home runs next year you know he's not he's not going to be the version of Jorge Solaire that existed in Atlanta the entire time he was here uh, because that guy was a lunatic but man he probably made himself a decent amount of money this offseason and if you want to make yourself a decent amount of money this offseason, you too can go to simbull.com. As I pointed out at the top part of the show, uh, Symbol is basically like the stock market for sports. And if you are smart in the way that you buy the stocks in your sports teams, then you will make all kinds of money. Go to symbol.com, S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. That's C-O-M. We are also brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. If you want to feel like you have a podcast without actually having a podcast and you want to talk to people who have podcasts without being on their podcast, go to Spotify Greenroom. It's like a podcast without the podcast. Whether you're a Braves fan or not, I think it's uh, easy to ask yourself, how is it possible that this team that was not able to make it over 500 until August the 6th which is 111 games into the season, how could this absolutely subpar team not just make the playoffs, but make a deep run and come back home as champions? How could something like this have happened? Aside from the trade deadline, guys, truthfully, I I don't know. I, (laughs) I really don't know. There were so many times, and 
I, I don't go back and listen to, to old episodes often, and I certainly will not be doing so from the early part of this season. If you want to entertain yourself at our agony and anguish, go back to probably early June, mid-June, when the Braves were 30 and 35, eight games back of the Mets. And then they lost Ronald Acuna, and then they got really good. Yeah, I know, the trade deadline did a lot. But when I'm looking at this entire season, I see one thing. And I see a team that just won a World Series for Hank Aaron. Not even for Hank Aaron. I think they won it by way of Hank Aaron. You know, we we know Hank's legacy. And not just, not just as Braves fans. I mean, we are talking one of humanity's great human beings. And we lost him earlier this year. It was a hard start to the year. remember losing Phil Necro and Don Sutton and being really upset about it. And then losing Hank, just... I still don't know if I've fully processed that. Nothing prepares you for losing a legend like Hank because there is nobody like Hank. And playing the entire season with a giant 44 in the outfield, every time you come walking in the stadium, it's just, you know, you get that reminder. And... It's not just as simple as as our legend passed, we must pay tribute to him, but like impossible things. Like the day that Acuna tore his ACL, the Braves won that game. Pulled up to 500, the record was 44 and 44. They won 44 games after the All-Star break. 44 runs were scored during the World Series. Stuff like that. You can't. You can't make that up. You know, I, I know of some people that, that seem to think that baseball is rigged in some way, which if you've ever watched 30 seconds of a baseball game, you know you can't do it that way. But it almost seemed universally rigged. It almost seemed like no matter what came the Braves' way, they were going to win, no matter what. Now, if they hadn't made the trade deadline acquisitions, this would be much more fantastical of a story but I think this was kind of destined. You know, we, we did use the term Team of Destiny on TPS at certain points during the season. And I don't think it was it was necessarily because of Hank. It was just one of those things where it seemed like everything was just kind of coming together at the right time. At the like the, the twenty nineteen Nationals. It's a, it's an example that we used a lot. But when I when I look at so many different things from this season and the way it all came together and especially crawling out of the 2020, the year in total, but also just the baseball year, um, there was really, really some deep push there to to bring something good and make something not necessarily unprecedented, but something uncommon happen. And, and it really, really happened here. And if Hank was still alive to see it today, there's no guarantee that we would have had a World Series to show him. But things being what they are, there is a World Series now. Baseball is memories. You know, it's all, it all goes back to childhood and going out in the backyard and swinging a bat that's too big for you and running the wrong way on the bases and not having a clue what you're doing and then going inside and watching your favorite players and trying to imitate them and learn what they do and having the helpful hands of your grandparents and your parents and brothers and sisters and cousins and everybody who's teaching you the game and then the next thing you know, you know everything about it. It's, it just is ingrained in you. And, you know, when, when I look at this title, <clears throat> this is going to be hard to get through. The, the amount of emotions that are associated with this are just unbelievable. You know, I think of, you know, I think of my grandfather and, and my grandmother and them teaching me about baseball and, and 
same thing like I just laid out. You know, we would watch Cubs games on WGN because they were national, and then we would watch Brave games on TBS. And the Cubs were good and the Braves were not. And I learned to love baseball at a very, very young age. And I didn't. I learned to love baseball long before I learned how to love the Braves. You know, and I, I, I think about, think about my grandparents. I think about my mom and dad, and you know, going to games. And for the longest time, it was just what we did every night: sit down, eat dinner, talk about our days, and then when that was done, move about ten feet over to the TV, turn it on, and watch the game. It was what we did for, God, a decade. You know, it was unbelievable. I think about my wife. And the fact that when we first started dating, then she didn't know anything but Chipper Jones. And now she probably knows more about Braves prospects than 90% of the people that uh, that act like they know what they're talking about. Uh, I think about my my inner circle of baseball friends. Obviously, I, I, I put Dylan at the, at the top of that. And, you know, I think about my dear friend, the Braves options guy, um, you know, I think about my cousin Jake, who we always talk about baseball. That's it's it's almost all we talk about now. You know, and we talk a lot. And uh, you know, I, I think about all of the the content creators that are that are out there. All of the, um, you know, you look at Atlanta baseball talk. God, they they did fourteen years worth of episodes, and they didn't get to celebrate a World World Series title. I think about my buddy Joel Walker from High and Inside Podcast. He's been doing this just as long as we have, and that's a good baseball man. He deserves this. You know, you think about Chris Willis and Eric Cole, the guys that after after I stopped writing Call to the Pen, big thanks to Ben Chase for giving me my first Braves writing job. And then after I stopped writing for them, Chris and Eric brought me on to Talking Chop. And I think about Garav and Wayne and all of the wonderful writers that they have over there that have done just such great, great work. I think about my buddy Steven and Jason and anybody it's like I just want to talk about some baseball it, it's no matter no matter what no matter who it is whether I'm thinking about my grandparents my my very insular family when I'm thinking about my very close friends I'm thinking about my aunts and uncles that will tag me on every possible Braves related post on Facebook I think about my old roommates Matt and Andrew who could care less about baseball that but have been obsessing about this for the past couple of weeks I think about my older brother who hasn't cared about the Braves since before they won the World Series last time who we had FaceTime last night and we were talking about pitch sequencing because this is really interesting to him all of a sudden like I'm, I think about bandwagon fans of of teams that only were pulling for us because they hate Houston, or I think of bandwagon fans that started pulling for us because they saw us with n no rooting interest whatsoever, and they just saw Ozzy and how funny he is and how happy Freddie is, and they saw the dude wearing the pearl necklace and they saw the dude with the pink swords. I don't fully get that yet, but whatever. I'm gonna pull for this team because they're fun. This team embodied so much about the best parts of people that it was just, it just seemed logical. And no matter where you are, you know, this is my use case. These are my examples. These are my people. When I think of a World Series and what it means to me and how it spills down to these people, everybody's got their own individual use case because Braves Country is huge. I talked about WGN and TBS and these giant national networks. These things are it's not the same as it was when we were kids. You know, when, how many times have the Braves signed somebody and the player said, oh, I grew up watching them. Well, of course, of course you did. And in those days, that's just what, that what you did. Braves country was everywhere. It wasn't just regional in the Southeast. You know, we're talking people that are in Colorado and Montana and it's just 
other side of the country. Well, I guess it's the middle of the country, but you know what I mean. There's people everywhere that geographically have no business being Braves fans, but they still are. And that's going away as, as these teams are getting their own deals and they're signing these massive TV contracts and it's, you got MLB TV and it's, you can customize it so much more. You, you're not in a position to just take what you're given. And so things are going to be different going forward. And this title, you think of all of these people that kind of had no choice but to become Braves fans back in the day. And they get this. It counts just as much for them as it counts for anybody. So the amount of people just in my own personal network this impacts, and I am one of millions and millions and millions of people, it just feels so good to be part of something that that is like, that's so special to so many. So what's the downside to this? I'll tell you what the downside is. The downside is we now have 14 and 5 sevenths of a week with no baseball. We have 103 days that we have to fill until pitchers and catchers report, you know, the Braves are going to have a shorter offseason than usual. Most of the time, we've been off for weeks by now. But when you make a deep playoff run, it kind of shortens the offseason. There are some looming negotiations for the collective bargaining agreement. The season may or may not start on time. I don't know. But it, I do find it interesting that the last time there was a work stoppage was in 1994. And as soon as they got the season cranked up in 95, who won? The Braves. And now that we might be facing another work stoppage, who won the last World Series? The Braves. It's a fun little bookend there. I kind of love it. But in the 25 off seasons in between when we won the World Series and when we won yesterday, which still, the Braves won the World Series. That's great. I just want to keep saying that. The way you approach the off season is usually one coming from disappointment and then regrouping, right? If you win your last game of the season, it means one of two things. It means either you just won the World Series or you had already been eliminated from playoff contention and the game was inconsequential. For the most part, since the Braves did have a, a sustained run of making the playoffs for a very long time, they would go home with a loss, hanging their heads. And when you go into the offseason, you know, you got to re-sign some guys. I know Freddie's a free agent now. He's coming back. Do not worry. Don't ever worry about that. Freddie Freeman is coming back. But some of the, these really crucial cogs from the team, your Solaires and Rosarios, you know, some of these guys aren't going to be with the team anymore, possibly. You know, they, they could opt to bring any of them back. It's just it's just a different vibe this offseason. First of which being because for all the times you hear, you know, how many times did you get sick last offseason of hearing about the world champion Dodgers or the year before that, the world champion Nationals or, or whatever. That's us now. We get to be the team that other people are sick of hearing about because not only was it a fun team, this is a really likable team. There hasn't been a really, really likable team that won the World Series, not like this. I think probably since the 2016 Cubs. I know the Cubs are kind of annoying. I know Cubs fans are also kind of annoying. That was a really fun team, and there, there's a lot of similarities here for me. I still think we are more likable than they are, but just the way that you go about this offseason now like, you still have to do these things. You know, you still got to provide adequate depth. You still got to make sure that you have a robust starting lineup. You got to make sure that everybody's healthy and everybody's good. Your standard offseason stuff. But now you're not doing these things strictly so you can get off the schneid. Now it's how do we repeat? And you see what the Dodgers did last year. They were just throwing caution to the wind with the luxury tax. And they signed Trevor Bauer, who is terrible and awful. Um, 
but it does kind of show you how incentivized teams are to go for it. And baseball teams don't repeat. We have not had a repeat champion since the Yankees uh, who repeated in 99 and 2000. We're talking two full decades. And say what you want about the parity within the sport. As far as champions go, baseball's undefeated. And now, we talked a lot about the trade deadline and how did they do this without Acuna and Soroka, so on and so forth. Ronald's coming back next year. Mike, I I don't know. I Maybe he does, and he seems like the type of guy that would go to great lengths to, to make it work. But I, I just don't know. Sometimes the human body just doesn't cooperate. And it could be the same thing for Acuna. Maybe he, maybe he comes back in May. Maybe he comes back in, like, August. I don't know. But no matter what, if there's one thing that we learned from those 1990s Braves teams, it's that nothing is guaranteed. The fact that we just pulled out, we, because we are all part of the team, the fact that the Braves just pulled out a World Series victory is absolutely unbelievable. It's hard enough to win one, winning two, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's going to be really hard. Even when you get Ronald, even when you get Soroka, you got to be really lucky, and usually the healthiest team winds up being the one that wins. The Braves bucked the trend of health because God knows we lost... We lost more players to injury this year. Once again, we lost more players to injury this year than any team I can think of. And so that was why it was funny to me when people kept saying, oh, well, the Dodgers lost Muncie. The Dodgers lost Scherzer. They lost so-and-so. They lost so-on and so forth. I don't care. We lost just as many players as you did. And we pulled it out. All that to say, there's no guarantee that when these guys get back, we're going to have another one. It could be another 26 years before we win a World Series title. It could be longer than that. I could be dead. You could be dead. We don't know. The point is, savor this. Six years ago, the team finished 65-97, and 97, and the next year when they went 67-95, and 95, it actually felt like an improvement. Then they went 72-90. and 90. And then they went 90-72. and 72. They have gradually gotten better and better and better and so many teams tear down and rebuild and aren't able to do this. They they can't pull it off because they don't prioritize the right things. They don't prioritize fit and personality. And this was just a perfect recipe for a championship team. I just, I'm going to miss the day-to-day grind of baseball. I'm going to miss playoff baseball because it's the most addictive thing I've ever seen. I'll be really glad to get some sleep, though. But I'm going to miss this particular roster, this particular makeup. And a lot of the guys are going to come back. You know Ozzy's going to be back. You know Freed's going to be back. I still think Freddie's going to be back. Um, but those are the main pieces. It's not It's not them. It's not the main course. It's the tiny little details, you know, the, the, the spices that keep people coming back. Your Solaires and your Petersons and... And even your guys like Guillermo Heredia, I is my Braves MVP this year. His his on field contributions were minimal at times, but even when we sucked, that guy was out there having the time of his life trying to rile everybody up. And maybe he comes back next year in a capacity. But you know, I based on what you saw at the end of the year, how top heavy the Braves went without filters I mean we could be entering the end of the Guillermo Heredia era now go back to April and 
<laughs> first off, tell me that I was going to record a World Series celebration episode and tell me that I would lament the possible loss of Guillermo Heredia. What a weird year this has really been. Speaking of going back to the beginning of the season, I uh, I will leave you with one final clip. I seemed to remember that Dylan and I, when we set out our preseason projections, that we might have had some good things to say about the Braves. And uh, I went back and listened, and we did. So I will leave you with a little segment we like to call previously on the Platinum Sombrero. And just wanted to let you know that this will be Dylan's only appearance on this episode for, uh, I don't know, or a half an hour into this if you haven't figured out that he's not showing up yet, especially since I told you he wouldn't. I don't know what to tell you. He will be recording his own episode in a couple of days, and then we will get back together uh, next week, early in the week. So you're going to be getting a lot of TPS content over the next uh, couple of days. Not to mention, he and I are going to be going on the High and Inside podcast with Joel Walker uh, later tonight, in fact. So be on the lookout for that. We will be back soon with more. And just on a personal note, I am so grateful to have been able to have shared this season and all of the highs and all of the lows with everybody. Thank you so much to our listeners. You all deserve this World Series title as much as anybody does. You guys are the best, and we couldn't do it without you. Thank you very much. We love you. We will see you next week after this previously on the Platinum Sombrero. So, we have walked through the divisions. Would you like to do your playoff bracket first and tell everybody exactly how things are going to shake out? I think I will. And I think you and I have almost I think you and I have the exact same playoffs to begin uh to be honest. Um uh, on the NL side, I've got Atlanta over St. Louis, obviously. This is going to be where Atlanta pounds the the Cardinals to. We were on a revenge tour last year. This is the last stop on our revenge tour. Uh Padres over the Mets pretty convincingly as long as the Padres are semi-healthy. Uh and then I've got the Dodgers Ne- narrowly edging out the Padres, although I could see that one going either way. I think that's a I think that's a full seven game series, uh, to be honest. Then I've got Atlanta over that winner, which I think will be L.A. So I'll have Atlanta over L.A. on the AL side of things. Uh, I've got Minnesota over Tampa Bay. I've got the White Sox over Houston. Uh, I've got the Yankees over the White Sox, uh, and, uh, and then I've got Minnesota losing to New York, but I do have Minnesota winning a playoff game, so Minnesota fans should be happy. And then I've got the Braves over the Yankees. Suck it, Yankees. Yeah, we are pretty close here. Uh, For the National League, I've got Padres over Mets in the wild card game. I actually have the Padres beating the Dodgers as well. Uh, I think that the regular season goes to the Dodgers, but I think that – I think San Diego is going to be very hungry, and I think that they would be able to, in a very hotly contested series, and during which they tire themselves out, the Braves, who will sweep the Cardinals uh, in the first round, will face a very tired Padres team and beat them on the way to the World Series. In the American League, I've got the White Sox beating the Rays in the wildcard game and then uh, losing to the Yankees. Uh, from the other side, I've got the Twins and the Angels. I also have the Twins finally breaking the, uh, that'll be 19 years, uh, streak since they have uh, won a playoff game. I've got the Yankees coming out of the American League, and I also have the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. Thank you for being a friend.